Hey everybody, it's me and my friend Chris Ressa. Hope you guys are having a great Saturday morning. Chris, thanks for being here on a Saturday morning. I'm sure you're what you're going to go ice skating with the kids after we're done here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I really. I'm actually not it. bad on the rink. I'm not bad on the rink. Did you play hockey growing up? No, but I uh, I grew up by a lake, so going out on there was. Uh, was pretty regular for me in the winter. I grew up in Wisconsin and I ice skated all the time. Uh, but I recently went ice skating, not recently, but a few years ago with the kids. And, you know, when I grew up, the ice skates were leather and they were pretty comfortable. Now they're like plastic. Oh, they hurt your feet for sure. It's terrible. It so, feet. but yeah, I definitely spent many, many winters in Wisconsin ice skating and tobogganing. And my favorite was snowmobiling. But now in Florida, it's 82 right now outside. So we're not going to be ice skating. I'm going to go biking. I'm doing wow. my, my calendar club challenge in December again. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So save a deal Saturday. Yeah. So, um, you know, LinkedIn Live, uh, I joined LinkedIn Live uh, about a month ago, and I said, what can I do on a live basis? LinkedIn likes you to have a theme. So I put out on a poll, I said, do you want role play Wednesdays or save a deal Saturdays? And I got literally 50-50, 50% 50 wanted one, 50% wanted the other. So what I decided to do was I would do both and I would just alternate the week. So we have Every other Wednesday at six is role play Wednesdays and every other Saturday is save a deal Saturday. So you are my first guest on save a deal Saturday. You know, I, I had to ask you as my first guest because awesome. I think probably in your career, you've done a lot of saving of deals. Am I right? Yes, totally. Yeah. So let's jump in and let's, uh, I think we discussed before you have three things that you think, um, are helpful in save that uh, obstacles that come up right in deals and they're kind of consistent and three ways that you can overcome them and then you're also going to talk about a specific deal. Yep. So I think one that you talk about a lot that happens is just so you know, I have to interrupt. We have Canada on the line. So this is international live. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so um, hi, Patrick. It's probably cold in Canada. <laughs> it's cold here too, Patrick. Don't worry. Um, so the I think one of the, the 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 three things, one of the first things, and I think you talk about this a lot, is what you know the qualification slash discovery phase. And if this isn't spot on, you will find that this certainly will be a reason that a, a deal will die. And so I, I think it's important to make sure in the beginning that you really are spot on on the qualification and discovery phase to make sure <clears throat> that it's a match because so many people get along, you know, far along in a deal and it was probably something that they could have solved in the very beginning and it just wasn't going to be a deal. And so I think the first thing when I think about saving a deal is 
the very beginning in the qualification and discovery phase to make sure that it is a true opportunity for you and you have a value to provide for uh, that uh, customer. So excellent, excellent. I agree. That's that's one. And then two is the that I really think about is the and Anthony and Reno calls it this the the con, the commitment to resolve concerns. So one of the things that happens oftentimes is everyone focuses on economics, but oftentimes I find it it's, it's way more than economics. And it is, you know, this nail salon that you're trying to move across the street. Well, he has to put his two kids through college through this and you might have better real estate and you might have a better economic deal. But at the end of the day, if it's going okay for this person to risk putting his kids through college or to risk dinner in on the table in six months um, has nothing to do with economics of your deal, has nothing to do with your real estate. And so the commitment to resolve concerns is, and, and we do this all the time where we're in an LOI where we'll be at a final LOI and we'll be like, and we'll be like, what are all the reasons that you might not want to do this deal? Because at now, you know, and now you have the opportunity to solve them. And so, um, cause how often have you sent an LOI and you think it's like a final LOI and like a month goes by and you don't know what's going on. You're like, why haven't they responded? Why haven't they signed the LOI? The answer to that is because there are things behind the scenes that you didn't uncover that they have concerns about. Pro they might not even be one thing in the LOI. It might be the guy has this, you know, I don't know if I want to move my, you know, move this over because my kids are going, this is how I pay for my kids college. And so you need the commitment to resolve concerns. <clears throat> um, and I think, you know, one of the the last things that I think, and there's a bunch, but one th a third thing is, you know, really just making sure that you have addressed everything they need to get this deal over the finish line. And what, what happens oftentimes is you may only have one shot. And if you fumble along because you didn't prepare, get everything prepped and ready to go, you could be in a position where the deal maker might have wanted it to work and it it doesn't happen. And so I say that one of the things that happens, you know, in the ability to resolve concerns and making sure you get things that everybody needs, one of the things that happens is no longer is there one person who makes a decision. Right, you need the commitment to, uh, you know, to uh, um, get consensus, and so I don't even, you know, you know, how often we're talking to a local person and the guy's like, "I'm the owner of the place," and then you're down, it's a pizza restaurant, and you're down the line, and he's like, "All right, well, now I need to check with my brother," and you're like, "What? <laughs> my brother? Your bro Where did he come from in this deal?" Right, you need to get, you need to get the. 
you know, you need to understand that going in because every time that happens, I'm like, oh, we didn't know about that three weeks ago. We're we're pretty we're we could be toast here because who knew there was a brother involved? And so I think those are three areas, right? Getting things everybody needs, like knowing who all the stakeholders are. I love to get my reps to try to get a call with all the stakeholders to make sure they're, you know, and in, in a national deal, that might be the ops team. The ops team's going right. to see it. I want, I, I, I want to try. They don't always let you. But I want to try for my team to go meet with them so they can understand what their issues are and they can try to resolve those issues. So the right. ability to resolve concerns, the qualification st stage, and the simple, make sure you understand everything they need to get an approval. So you have an example for us, right? A little case study? I do. So are you going to bring up the site plan? I am right now. I'm going to share my screen. We've all been very technologically advanced during the last nine months, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've shared my screen, Beth. There it is. I hope everyone can see it. Can the, can you guys that are Jeffrey, Patrick, let me know if you can see the site plan. And so this is Tri-City Plaza, Vernon, Connecticut. We bought this in 2005. And the deal that I want to talk about is Hartford Healthcare. And the, in the, call it the, you know, we bought it in 05. And now we owned it a couple of years and boom, we're in a recession. We bought it with this Hartford Healthcare was empty, but there was a long-term lease with a credit national tenant. And they were paying, I want to say, you know, something above market, like for, you know, 35,000 feet, it was like 18 net or something like that. And this is like in a neighborhood center in Northern Connecticut. And now it's great real estate. It's right off the interstate. It is, you can see it from the interstate off exit 64 off route 84. I always say that you better know your exit numbers for your sites. Um, so it's exit and I like have all of DLCs memorized. You want to know where, and I, history. So this is exit 64 off route 84. You can see it as soon as you pull off the exit, you're in here. And we were struggling because, you know, the, and I always say this to the team, is the answer, is it, a, you know, leasing people are always going to be like, you know, the rent's too high here. And I'm like, well, is it the rent too high here? Or is it a, a, you have not generated demand. If I had 10 LOIs that said it should be, you know, that we're at $8. Okay. Now I say the rent's too high, but if you have no LOIs, you don't know that the rent's too high. It's just that you haven't generated demand for the, we have a demand problem. That's still not a good problem, but I don't know. It's a rent problem. Anyway, I digress. So we, we had this scenario and, the, one of the leasing reps at the time, Alex Varon at DLC was with us as well. And he was working on this and it was like, it, we were starting to get leads and the retail market at the time was, you know, probably 12 bucks. And to take a national credit that had like six or seven years of lease term, go backwards, six, $7 a foot on 30,000 feet. It, it just didn't make sense. And so, but we had this vacancy into the market perception. It wasn't good. And so the first step of this was like thinking like, you know, saving the property deal. And we were thinking like, how, you know, what can we do here? And we started, it was the recession and alternative uses were a big buzzword and Medtail was starting to happen and Medtail starting to happen. Medtail meaning medical retail. Yes. So, and what I, that, that's like the Aspen Dentals of the world, all this. 
This is a step up. This is a healthcare system. This is Hartford Healthcare investment grade. This isn't just Medtel. This is like true healthcare services. So we end up um, realizing we're starting to go to alternate uses. And Hartford Healthcare, what they were doing was they were buying up all the local practices in the market in the in the you know Tallinn County and Hartford area. And now they had like thirty different locations. And so they're like, we should consolidate these. And we want to get closer to the consumer. So they want to get to a retail center. That's the, the closest real estate to the consumer. So wait, Chris, did, did, did Hartford reach out to you guys or did Alex reach out to them? Um, we, this was, we reached out not to Hartford directly to the brokerage community advertising to, we started advertising to like bro, office brokers and things like that. And Hartford Healthcare came along. Got it. Um, and anyway, the we end up starting the throes of the negotiation. And this was when, you know, we started to really realize, you know, we're going to need a lot of waivers uh, to do this deal. Because the medical market, they were prepared to pay a much larger rent than the retail um, and it was going to work. It was great credit. It was the rent that we needed. We could take off the existing tenant, put on a new one. And so, but now we're in the throes of, uh, this waiver process. So we make a deal with Staples. We get a waiver from Staples. I think the former grocer was price chopper. We got a waiver. Now, TJ, we have a great relationship with TJ. They're one of our largest tenants. And, but these are, two very successful stores. They might've been number one or two in Connecticut in sales. And they were a little concerned. And you can see on the site plan, one might be concerned with parking. <laughs> and <clears throat> for nine months, I'm trying to get this waiver. I had now, signed where, a, where, where were they going on the site plan? Can you show us on your mouse? Cause the site plan's kind of small. So home goods is here. Hartford healthcare went here right adjacent to them. Okay. And so oh, I yeah. am, I am nine months in. So we have the way the lease worked is we signed a lease and we had 12 months to get consents. I am nine months in and I'm like thinking this, this deal is not going to make cause TJ's turned me down. We've offered a lot of things to them to try to make this happen. And, and they're like, they usually work with us. They're very good about being a partner with landlords, but they have legitimate concerns and what I was doing, and the thing that I think is, I was trying to convince them that it was going to be okay. This is a new trend. You guys got to be all right. It's going to increase your sales. And it wasn't, it wasn't working. And I'm talking to Hartford Healthcare, and we typically wouldn't do this. And this is how the deal got saved, which is the, the real estate person from Hartford Healthcare says, can you set up a call with them to get me on with them? And this is nine months and I'm going, it took nine months. I don't know why it took me nine months to, this is a simple one, to just get them on the phone. And we normally wouldn't do that. We don't think that's a best practice. So like we're getting, you know, getting the tenant on the phone with the other tenant, but I have no, I'm having no luck. And so the, they, we set up this call and the woman, and I'll never forget her name, Karen Goyette, gets on the call. And she she was a you know really strong 
personality and she was really a, a polished real estate professional. And she says to, and, and, and I'll tell you the lesson in a second. And I know we have two and a half minutes and I'll finish this. So that's okay. She goes to on the phone and she says, so what's your problem? Like, what, what are your concerns? And the first concern they said was sick people don't shop. And she says, I totally agree. But guess what? My consumer's healthier than yours, TJ. And so lesson one, know exactly what's going on in the location that you're doing. I did not know that this was really a preventative maintenance facility. Everything was preventative. I'm thinking urgent care, immediate care, health, doctor's going to be here. And I didn't do enough discovery and ask the question of like, what are you doing? I don't know that it would have clicked and I would have been able to make it so profound that she said. But the point was she was able to get them very comfortable real quick about who their customer was and that it was actually a good co-tenancy because this wasn't people who were very sick. And so I was like, wow. And so, I mean, what was TJ going to say? That was really interesting. You have a doctor or not a doctor, but a healthcare facility saying, my consumer is actually more, more healthy than yours. Wow. I was, I, I thought that was pretty profound. Right. And the second thing that happened was, okay, we got them over the hump on that. The second thing was TJ says on the call, I have a big parking issue and you're going to eat up all my parking. And so Karen goes, okay, here's what I'll do. If there's a parking issue, we'll have to come up with something that defines if there's a parking issue. But if there is, then you can come to me and we'll put this in the document and I'll have to valet all the parking. And here's why I'll valet all my people. And it's on the side of the building here. And I was astounded. I'm thinking like, oh, is she going to make me pay for this or what's going to happen? But anyway, <laughs> she brought don't, that up. Don't offer something that's <laughs> on my dime, right? <laughs> so that week I got the waiver from TJ. Wow. So some of the lessons here. We have all these new uses happening. I think it's actually great. People are like, oh, there's no tenants out there. There's a lot of tenants, a lot of new uses. We better really understand the client. We better really, in that discovery phase, know exactly what they're doing. Because I had heard from TJ a lot, like all this sick people, sick people, that's not going to help. And had I known that little piece, right, and all my conversations with Hartford Healthcare, they were like, where are you at on, on this? And, and I'm like, well, I'm working it. We typically get this. Just hang tight. And I never had the in-depth dialogue with Hartford Healthcare with about that sick person thing. And it took one call in five minutes. So you didn't make them part of the solution either. You were kind of sheltering them, right? From, yes. From, from the, the issues. Because you, you were like, it. we're going to get it. We're going to get it. But you didn't involve them. Correct. And then this, the second thing was on the parking. If I don't know if that came up spur of the moment. But I bet like four months prior, they probably would have been willing to do that too. And... I think one of the things that I learned in that scenario, and we still don't do it a ton, but one of the things that I learned was two. One, the tenant that you're working with, if they are, if you've built a good relationship and they now want to be here, they're 
typically we, we, we often have this adversarial piece with the tenant we're negotiating, but I think we often miss and we think of everything as a negotiation, the chance to collaborate with the tenants. And so the lesson I have there is let's collaborate to find a solution. I under you, you I understand your problem. How do we solve the problem? Yeah. Most customers, buyers, tenants want to try and solve a problem. They're not going to just because you put a problem on the table, just run. Right. Love and that. so if I would have taken the time to collaborate and you say, bring them in, but actually stop negotiating and find solutions, we would have probably gotten to something like that. And then I think the, the third lesson was, I think TJ probably just needed to hear a different voice. Mm. They just, they, they got Ressa calling them every week. Come on, come on, come on. We got to get this waiver. We got to get this waiver. <laughs> right. Well, and, and you I'm weren't, like, and you were, it was a def definition of an insanity. You weren't offering anything. You were just checking in, you know, yeah. are you going to give it to me? You didn't offer any other, you know, answers solutions. to their problems. Right. You're right. And, and a lot of times, even now, one of the solutions that, you know, we often give is like dollars or, or, or term or op more options. I'll give you an extra option, but it wasn't solving their concern. Right. Right. And I go back to the commitment to resolve concerns. They were telling me their concern, but as the sales, I wasn't solving their concern. Right. You and were then in, in, you kept throwing, you were throwing, you were being in your own mind, giving them what you thought worked before yeah. money or term or whatever. And they're like, you're not listening. Yes. Not listening. Interesting. And then, so we got the deal and then I'll show you. How's that? And they're, and they're in and open and doing well. Is, are you going to show Oh yeah. Something? I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. We can see it's a beautiful. Hold on. Brian says, good case study, Chris, conflict resolution versus being an adversary. And Patrick says, where big money is concerned, collaboration is the gold standard of consultative selling. There it is. Beautiful. Awesome. Can everyone see that? I presume you can. Awesome. All right, Chris, this was awesome. I loved it. Thank you for being on the first Save a Deal Saturday show. Awesome. Thank you for having me. This was great. All right. Well, go have fun ice skating. Stay warm. Stay healthy. Ha Merry Christmas. Happy holidays and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Bye, Chris. Bye, Bye. everyone. Thank you.